Hello, everyone out there, and welcome back into Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have two wonderful guests joining us today. We have the writer Tony Shally and the director and choreographer Liz Pickley, who are part of the new show Magic Box, which is being presented by Shally Productions and playing May 19th through the 21st at the Triad Theater. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting magicboxmusical.com. But let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and bring on our guest, Tony Liz. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for having us. We're really excited to be here. <laughs> I am very excited to have you both here. And I, I just want to, I, I want to know all about the show. I mean, the poster art looks amazing. The press release was incredible. I, I need to know more. So, Tony, let me start with you as the writer. Can you tell us a little bit about this show, Magic Box? This is a show about a family of magicians, five magicians with five agendas and one magic box. And it's a story about deception, about love, about redemption. Gotta love a good meaty story like that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) How did you come up with the idea for this show? It came from seeing a movie, not Harry Potter, by the way, about a family of magicians, and it seemed like a neat idea. So I started writing, and as many of you know, once you start writing, the thing sort of writes itself and changes and and emerges. Your, Your story emerges over a matter of years sometimes. And Tony and I have been working together on the dramaturgical front as well. We we have a relationship for, what, eight years, I think, and we've worked on several other musicals together. So during the pandemic, we brought this one out, you know, off the shelf and started to explore it a little deeper and then had a Zoom reading. And then I, I said to Tony, I was like, ah, oh, I see this. I see this, you know, coming into light, coming into life. And I, I have had experience performing and choreographing at the triad. I just love that space. And I immediately said to myself, I think Magic Box should have a run of the triad and now we're doing it. So it's coming to to life and I couldn't be happier. (laughs) Well, Liz, with that, I want to ask, what has it been like developing Magic Box? It's sort of been in our minds for a long time and we're in the rehearsal process right now and to hear hear the music and to develop these comedic bits has been amazing we're only in day two of rehearsal so in two weeks we're going to be developing a full-on show and that is a tremendous feat in itself but the i've been working with the actors a little bit on pre-pro and we have a magician on board a professional magician so that's been so helpful to have that actor danny to help shape the magic act and then tie and fuse them together into the storylines, into the choreography. So it's a hybrid in a lot of ways, and it's been really fun to explore. That sounds incredible. Now, Tony, I want to go back to you and ask you, this is a world premiere of a show. So I'm assuming it hasn't been done anywhere else, obviously, but has it had any development or readings? You mentioned a Zoom reading. Yeah. Any other developments that have happened along the way? Nothing else. This is definitely the premiere, and the show has taken tremendous shape even in the past two days of rehearsal. So this is is the development process live and in color. 
I love that. This is that's one of the best parts about an off-Broadway show. Is it's still kind of in the sandbox. It's still being developed and everything. And it's great to see a show there and then see it again the next time it's produced because you're like, oh, look what they've done since. You know. And the actors are bringing so much to the table. So that, that's the part of the process I, I love. It's just that that interaction, the creative energy in the room. Like maybe we could do this or that and you know, ping pong back and forth. And it's very inspiring. I love that. So what is the thought or the message you're hoping the audiences will take away from this show? And Liz, why don't I start with you as the director and choreographer first? I feel like this is a story of personal development in a lot of ways because we're following the the inner machinations of Laura, our protagonist, and she's struggling with some father issues, trust issues, also trusting herself to really stand on her, her own two feet and be not just a magician, but to develop into a woman. And what does that mean? And she's all alone now in the world because her father has passed and she learns of her mother, but I, 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 won't, I won't do a spoiler. You're gonna have to come and see it. But yeah, it's, a, it's personal just discovery for her and saying that, hey, I can do my own magic and my own magic is within me. I love that. And then Tony, as the writer, what do you hope is the message or thought audiences will take away? That's exactly uh, the message, as, as Liz said, of, of self-actualization, self-confidence, trust in, in yourself, and trust in those who are close to you. In fact, the, the show, when I finished writing the show, well, of course, you never finished writing a show, but... <laughs> when I finished right, when I wrote end at the end, that was just the beginning because Liz uh, and our music director, Seth, have brought a great deal of the story out that I didn't think of or hadn't thought of clearly enough. And now we find the actors are also taking on the creation of the show. I get a tremendous amount out of the actors because they bring more understanding to the show than I would have thought possible. That is incredible. <laughs> so finally, for this first part, I want to ask, who do you hope have access to Magic Box? And Tony, if I could stick with you first on this. We hope that we're going to get some young people who haven't been to the theater or who haven't been to the theater often enough we're at the Triad, which is uh, has very reasonable prices. And we hope that we can get more young people into the theater, more people who aren't your typical theater crowd because of whatever considerations. This is a very public show. It's meant for everyone and no one is excluded. Diversity is definitely very important to us. And I, I think, didn't you say that you're connecting with a veteran organization as well? Right. To try to make it more assess accessible in the story, to be inspiring to, I, I mean, I, I certainly see this piece having a life on the road with, us, with a tour situation because it's only seven actors. We have very minimal set and we really think that we could expand our audience it, with that, with that trajectory in mind, that it's 
this exciting magic caravan, but it's also a musical, you know, developed in New York City. So there, I think there could be something very appealing about it and we can get an expansive audience that needs to hear this message. give our listeners a chance to get to know the two of you a little bit better and i want to start by finding out what inspires you what shows playwrights composers inspire you or are even some of your favorites and liz if i can start with you on that question sure some of my favorite shows really explore the the suspension of disbelief Uh, one of one of the pieces i found to be very powerful was war horse i became emotionally attached to that horse (laughs) in a way that I didn't think was possible. So I love exploring puppetry. And I recently choreographed Into the Woods and it was for actors ages 14 to 19. And I explored that with the with the giant. They were just these giant eyeballs in a tree and the actors were moving the eyeballs and you, you 100% believe that it was a giant, <laughs> even though they were just two huge eyeballs. And I, I just, I find that the... The exploration of the imagination and how that can come to life through the work of the actors. It's just a great journey. I also really like dark humor, and this has a little bit of that in it. So something like Hand to God. I was the one in the audience just laughing hysterically during Hand to God. And and everyone's looking at me like, what's wrong with that girl? <laughs> but but I just I I find it to be very releasing to explore some dark topics, you know, some emotionally challenging topics. Because if we don't, if we hide them, then that's when they infest and and linger, you know? So we don't we don't want that. We want to be able to release it and to also have shared experience. <laughs> Tony, what about you? What inspires you? I'm definitely a musical theater guy. So uh, even though I see straight plays, nothing excites me like a musical. And I particularly admire some of the older musicals, particularly, for example, Music Man. And I'm not talking about the recent revival. I'm talking about the original with Robert Preston, which I was fortunate enough to see on stage. That's how far along I am. <laughs> Looking and, good, Tony. <laughs> and uh, what I like about that, or, or one of the things that moves me about that is it, it's a single authored musical. So Meredith Wilson Wilson wrote the the music, the lyrics, and the book. That's what I do. And so it makes me feel a lot less weird to have uh, to have Meredith Wilson in my company. And then another show that I saw not long ago that I really liked was Shucked. And Shucked is important for people like me because Shucked was in development for a very long time. And it, in my opinion, is just a a huge success. It's just extremely entertaining. But when you read the history of the show, it reminds me of my shows going through all sorts of iterations and false starts and so on. So it gives us some hope that there is some reason to spend years developing a show. Yes. Absolutely. Well, 
That was that is a great lead in, Tony, to my next question, which is, have either of you seen any great theater lately you might be able to recommend? Sounds like Shucked is on that list. Any other shows? I saw Fat Hem a couple of days ago, which I did not expect to like because of all the, the hoopla. And I thought it was fabulous. And of course, it's not, strictly speaking, a musical. There's a fair amount of music in it. But it was just extremely well-written. It's literate, it's intelligent, and at the same time, it's extremely entertaining. I haven't seen any any theater lately because I've gone been going from production to production to production. I'm also on the board of a small theater in uh, upstate, the Phoenicia Theater. So we're doing Adam's Family this summer, and I've just been really busy. So I am looking forward to seeing The Gatsby immersive because my friend my dear friend Vanessa Luke is their costume designer and yet another quarantine story we we started a book club a lady book club (laughs) and we read the great Gatsby and got all dressed up and drank drank little martinis and we're just sort of very fancy (laughs) and then she got this job on the show and I I was like Vanessa you manifested this you wanted this to happen and then it it happened I'm so proud of you so I'm really looking forward to that to that immersive Gatsby experience that's amazing what is your favorite part about working in the theater and Liz if I can start with you again on this just play I I love to play you know I, I grew up in my mother's dance studio and I was the one who would raid the costume closet it was a very well-organized costume closet. <laughs> and then I would raid it and dress up in all the characters and, and do all that and make it all, a whole big hot mess. And then she's like, you gotta put my costumes back in order. And I was like, yes, mom, I will. But that being said, it was such a joy. It was such a joy to grow up and with that experience and to have a studio space to, to play and to create art. And I, I just have always done that. So when I get into the room with the actors and we have that play, I, I feel this connection, immediate connection to childhood, to growing up in my mother's dance studio, to to just continuing on that, that life pattern in, in a way. And I, I just feel so incredibly grateful that I have the opportunity to do this and, and live that way. Yes, it's hard being a, an entertainer. It's hard. There's a lot of ups and downs and emotional flows. You know, sometimes you see a lot of people and you feel really connected to them. And then sometimes you're disconnected. There's stuff to manage. But when you get in this room and you feel that energy and it just things start to sizzle and I don't know, you get that that fun little feeling in your heart and it starts to flutter. It's just there's there's nothing like it. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's all I> get. <laughs> Tony, how about you? For me, it's the collaboration, uh, working with Liz as a director choreographer and with Seth, our, our music director, who is just an absolute magician, and the cast, the actors. So what they bring to the experience is much more, in my opinion, than what I bring to it. And I think the audience will see that. They'll see that these are people who are having a good time and being very creative and very entertaining. And that's that's what the business is about. And our producer, Jeremy Hindelman, is so supportive of, of, of the process. We've all been colleagues and friends for many, many moons, I think eight, almost eight to 10 years. And that, that makes a difference to having having a solidified relationship on, on the team, going from producer down to the rubber snake in the room. 
<laughs> we now have arrived at my favorite question to ask guests, and I'm excited to hear you guys' answers. And it's, what is your favorite theater memory? For me, it's it's pretty clear because we, Liz, directed a stage reading of the last musical that we did, and it was absolutely incredible. One of the actors in that show, they were all fabulous, but one of them brought so much. She was so good and so right on in her interpretation that it just blew me away. And when I watch videos of that of that reading, which I do from time to time, I cry every time. It's such a moving bit of acting. And that to me was a was basically a, a, a life changer. I love that. You're talking about the Gaia kiss. The Gaia kiss. <laughs> no, the Gaia. I, yeah, I actually, I love that moment as well. I remember it vividly and uh, how, how I developed it was, it was a, it was the kiss of women who were exploring their, their feelings about being integrated into mother earth. So I call it the, the Gaia kiss. Like Gaia is the goddess of earth. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say that moment too. I mean, I, I had like, I had like a different kind of moment, but that, that one's perfect. That was very special. Well, I'll, I'll tell a funny story, a funny story. I don't, I don't know if it was a favorite, but it was a, an interesting moment and a moment where I, I think I was, I was sort of triggered into wanting to explore directing and choreography more. I was a ballet dancer at the Metropolitan Opera and I was in a production of Romeo and Juliet. And we had this beautiful tableau where all the dancers are waiting for Juliet to come in for her birthday cake. And <laughs> the birthday cake was supposed to descend from the ceiling, you know, in this grandeur, and then light up. The candles were, were it's like pyrotechnic, a feat of pyrotechnic situation. And all of a sudden, we realized that the cake was on fire. <laughs> But no one's calling us off the stage because they didn't, they couldn't see that it was on fire except for us. <laughs> and we're in a frozen pose. It's being like starting to shake. And we're like, the cake is on fire. The cake is on fire. <laughs> and finally they did. And we were all safe and it was fine. But that was a moment of fear. <laughs> <laughs> that, that like, what do I do? Do I break character? Do I break character? It's dress rehearsal. We're not allowed to do that. But, oh but yes, God. you know, that, that was just one of those moments that was forever ingrained in your, in your mind. <laughs> they, they, they cut the fire from the show after that. I don't think going to be any debate in that note session where it's like, let's talk about the cake. Wow. Yeah. What great yeah. memories. Thank you both for sharing those. <laughs> You're welcome, Andrew. Thanks for uh, triggering them out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do best here. <laughs> yeah. Are there any other projects or productions that either of you have coming on the pipeline we might be able to plug? This is the one I'm focusing on right now, Magic Box. And then we'll see, you know, what comes. Like I, like I said, I'm on the board of a small theater in upstate and we're trying to grow that that theater. It's the Phoenicia Playhouse. And yeah, so that, that programming is going to continue on into this year and next year. We're also doing a, a playwriting session. So we're going to have five playwrights who come and promote their work on the weekends. They'll have a reading, like a reading series in the fall, which is pretty exciting. 
So we're going to try to catapult some new writers. And I just think it's really important to wherever you are to keep working on theater and keep making new work that that is accessible to everyone. It's it's healing, especially coming out, out of the pandemic. We need these stories. So wherever you are trying to create, even if it's in a small apartment, just keep writing those stories. <laughs> Pretty passionate about that. And I, I finished a first draft of a musical called Boston Massacre, which is based on the writings of Howard Zinn, a certainly not your typical musical theater subject. And we're having a table reading of that next month. So I'm still at the point of trying to figure out whether to bring it forward or whether to just put it in the in the file and sit on it. Well, hopefully we get to hear more about that one, though. Here's hoping. <laughs> Finally, if our listeners want more information about Magic Box or maybe about the two of you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do that? Well, I have a website. It's lizpicoli.com. Always happy to talk to new people and teach dance classes, all of that, you know, workshops. And our show is magicboxmusical.com, as you've seen. And we also have our Instagram and Facebook accounts under the same title. So yeah, that's that's how we get in touch. Very open. <laughs> yeah, and comments sent to magicboxmusical.com come to me. So that's a good way to get in touch. Well, Tony, Liz, thank you so much for taking the time today to speak with me about this incredible world premiere, brand new musical. I am excited to see it. I can't wait to see all the magic tricks and everything else that's that'll take place in it. Rubber snake, wink, wink. But I really appreciate you both just speaking with, and sharing with us today. So thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew, for having us. My guests today have been the writer Tony Shally and director choreographer Liz Piccoli, whose upcoming show Magic Box, being presented by Shally Productions, is playing May 19th through the 21st at Triad Theater. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting magicboxmusical.com. We also have some contact information for our guests, which we're going to be including on our episode description as well as on our social media. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, head over to magicboxmusical.com. Get your tickets for this brand new musical. Join us at the theater. We'll let you know when we'll be there. But let's make sure that their run is a sold out run of Magic Box. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. Two friends from old New York town met in a foreign land One sang the praise if you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. 
There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.